On this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we say goodbye to a studio and we say hello to a whole bunch of fun topics. We've got crazy shit happening in New Orleans. Surprise, surprise. We've got Zion Williamson saying he wants to be here. We've got prisoners who saying they don't want to be here anymore. And of course, we've got what to eat if you're going to really celebrate pride the right way. Stick around. You're going to want to hear all about it right now on Polk. And gosh! Catch these hands, you about to get shook. The truth is getting spread by Polk and Kush. 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 About to get served and play to your own ass. It's time for the Polk and Kush podcast. Polk and Kush. Polk and Kush. Polk and Kush. Come everyone to Polk. And Kush, it is Wednesday, June 15th, 2022, and we bid a bon voyage to another Bud Light Lime Studio, the very last episode in this space. Uh, Remember the good times, celebrate the bad times, and... Get together and love one another. Mr. Andrew Polk, what do you think? We're sitting in my cavernous uh, <laughs> hellhole studio with uh, surrounded by boxes of my earthly goods, mostly magazines. <laughs> magazines, roach traps, uh, those Hercules plates from McDonald's. These are the only things I own in this world. And as I leave, I'm comforted in knowing that uh, my garbage can stolen two weeks ago, not yet recovered, but this episode, it started a trend. And um, I found, I have since been told, I swear to God, of seven (laughs) stolen garbage cans from the New Orleans metro area. (laughs) I swear to God, seven cans stolen. Who's telling you this? I don't want to name names. Cause <laughs> is I this have, in person? Is this on social media? Who's... I have. Uh, it's on social media. Okay. I, I have some theories of how high up this goes. <laughs> I think there might be a lot of big names involved in stealing. Joe Cardosi got his garbage can stolen, and he said it was the garbage can that he put a dead raccoon in. <laughs> So these people, I thought it was just my beautiful, pristine, yes. clean, brand new garbage can. Yes. These people are getting the the guts filled <laughs> raccoon cans. They don't even well. care. They have no no standards in the theft. <laughs> I thought you were stealing it because I bleach it every once a week. Uh, yeah, dude, that is uh, a, a real rash of a problem. Turns out it's the uh, nine millionth most important uh, problem that is uh, occurring inside the city. So it hasn't been getting a lot of news attention. But we here at the Poker Push Kush podcast are here to bring you the uncovered story. The Cuck and Push podcast. <laughs> That's a different one. We are here to bring you uh, the reports of the trash cans being stolen. You're not going to see that on your MSM. Your lamestream media doesn't even touch the trash can problem. 
uh, that we're finding ourselves in with all the missing guts around New Orleans. I'm excited to get out of here. There's been a dumpster in front of my house for a couple months. Uh-huh. Uh, my neighbor, he likes to bowl at night. He's got, <laughs> he's got a bowling alley directly above my... He's got apparently a dance dance revolution and a bowling alley. You know, I live underneath the Dave & Buster's. I don't know what's going on, but I'm doing what everyone in Orleans Parish uh, is doing right now, and I'm moving <laughs> to Nashville, Tennessee. I'm going to start an axe-throwing bar called Let Me Ax You a Question. It's and a I'm game gonna, show. <laughs> I can't. Uh, I can't start an axe bar. I don't have a man bun. That is very true. But you yeah, I'm, own a lot of flannel. I'm either. moving out to Metairie. Um, I think I think my ultimate goal is to become the mayor of Metairie. I think you can do it. They don't have one. No. They have like a constable or something. I mean, Scott Walker's out there. I don't know. He's selling pizza. I don't nobody knows what no nobody knows who's in charge of Metairie. I'm just going to put signs in people's yard. Yeah. Saying vote Polk. You don't even tell them to vote. Just say I'm the, the mayor. mayor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Andrew Polk, my mayor. I think uh, I can really get to the problems with uh, New Orleans, which uh, I find number the number one problem here is living here. Yeah, that is difficult. So we're going to try and solve that by getting people to leave the city. <laughs> That's my campaign. Get out of here. You still have to work there. <laughs> I know. That was always the thing. I was like, I could move. I was like, but I st- my kids still go to school in New Orleans, so I'm still there. All of the time, yeah. and all of the issues are still present in my life. So I don't know what I've really achieved, other than you know, uh, paying I guess less in property tax. Probably, is, you know, maybe not that bad. Yeah, maybe. Either way, uh, it is a, a, a bon voyage here to this studio. This was our second studio. Uh, we were also in uh, in Lakeview for a time. That was the Bud Light Lime Studio that, days. The, the Ridge, the COVID era, in the uh, studio apartment that Polk <laughs> watched twenty two hours of television a day. Some of those episodes were a bit uh, wetter <laughs> than uh, these current ones have been, but you know, trying times. A little more clear eyed focus here in this <laughs> version of the Bud Light Lime Studio. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are uh, excited to get set up. I'm sure you'll hear a massive difference in audio quality going forward <laughs> as we enter a uh, slightly less cavernous uh, room with less Dance Dance Revolution going on uh, above us. I, I'm still going to I'm going to clip in like uh, sirens and stuff in the background <laughs> so it doesn't sound like we've lost our edge. <laughs> Don't worry. All, all the problems of New Orleans are coming to Metairie very soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no doubt. You can't go, you know, if you, you got to go across a lake if you want to really get away. <laughs> and even then, I think the problems are going to come there, too. It'll get there eventually. Yeah, there, it's, it's, uh, it seems like it's everywhere in the country at the moment. So, uh, you know, good times, good well, times. But at least, you know, things are cheap. And at least, uh, you know, the market's doing well. Competent leadership. Yeah, everything's going great. All of my bets are hitting. <laughs> Marlins plus five. Yeah? No. Yeah? Is that the one? (laughs) (laughs) That was the one? Have you been betting on baseball? I have been a little bit. I've just been following this guy. Yeah? And he seems to know what he's doing, so I'm just doing what he's doing. (laughs) 
I have been off of Twitter for a grand total of four days. Oh, Lord. And uh, what I, did you say? I know. I, I just was like, but I got to get off this thing. I was like, I'm looking at this too much and I hate every second of it. Yep. And uh, there's really nothing going on with the Pelicans right now except the draft. So I was like, I'm just going to get off of it. And it's very interesting because I'm still looking at my phone almost the exact same amount of time. I'm just like reading news articles and I don't know if I'm doing any better or any worse. But I do feel definitely disconnected to my little Twitter community. That's probably a good thing. Definitely. And you're, it's not, time for you're not on Instagram. I don't have Instagram at all. Or I, I don't have it on my phone. Uh, and I don't have Facebook. So I'm off. You're only on next door. Huh? Yes. <laughs> complaining. Complaining about the noise. Dude, next door. Next door is like a Mexican locator app. <laughs> it's just people in Lakeview like, yep, saw one walk by. Here's the ring camera footage. so ridiculous. This guy looked like he was going to steal a package from in front of my house. Yeah, the guy in the UPS <laughs> shirt. And just play it reverse. <laughs> I was I, next door is my only social media, and I posted a microwave on there, leaving the Bud Light Lime studio. And some lady messaged me, and she's like, "Why is this microwave so cheap? <laughs> you think I'm trying to get one over on you? Because because it actually murders people. Because my sister gave me the microwave. I shouldn't even be selling it for a dollar. I, I know. Come get it, you old bat. <laughs> Why is it so cheap? It turns out it microwaves the outside, yeah. so you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, it, it's it's weird times. It's weird being off Twitter, though. It's a very, I feel like particularly when it comes to Pelican stuff, it is definitely the way I stay engaged with the Pelicans community uh -huh. because I don't quite know, like, I don't know anyone else who cares about any of this stuff. So unless I talk to Christian Clark, uh, I have no idea what's going on, you know, in the Pelicans you know, atmosphere on a day-to-day -day basis. There was some real new stuff that happened, though. So there was things that have occurred in the last few days, the most uh, important of which being Zion Williamson. He's back. We've spoken about him before. He has not only been working out in New Orleans, he did an event uh, in... Dryads uh, YMCA. Dryads YMCA, yeah. And uh, basically, you know, made a commitment to the city, said he wants to be here, he wants to be here long-term, you know, talk is cheap. We'll see what all that means. But it, it is certainly better uh, than the vacuum that had been there for a year plus uh, previously. Do you think this means anything? The fact that he came out and said it? Um, the fact that he said that he wanted to be here. No, that doesn't mean anything. The fact that he did an event uh, in the city at the YMCA mm -hmm. uh, is nice. It's good. Yes. Um, it's a positive thing for the community. How much you can take away from that regarding a basketball future here. Come on. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I, uh, it's good that he did that thing. I, I'm glad that he's here. I'm glad that he's involved in the community. Mm. I think that can be completely separate from any speculation regarding basketball. And I think it is. Sure. Um, do I personally think Zion wants to be here? I'd give that a five out of 10 on the wanting to be here scale. I, yeah, I would say he probably cares as much about being here as he would any other market. Right. Like I don't, I except think, a place he actually wants to be. Yeah. Like Atlanta yeah. <laughs> where he's like from, you know, like I think if, if, if you gave him the choice, 
I think he'd probably want to be, you know, if he could snap his fingers, I think he'd like to be in either New York or Atlanta. I think that's probably, I think it's fairly well known across the league. But it also doesn't mean he's going to leave because of that. Uh, he's definitely not going to, and what this sounded like, the more than anything to me, is he's not going to turn down basically $190 million mm-hmm. um, just so that he can get out of town a couple of years earlier. And that is very important. I mean, the, the, the fact the Pelicans now, it does seem, have a very, very good chance to re-sign him. And there's some wrinkles with that, but the fact they have a great chance to re-sign him uh, is a huge relief considering where things looked not all that long ago. And I think, uh, you know, it's a sensitive subject with Pelicans fans, especially like fans that are newer to basketball and newer to the team, which mm. is completely fine, of course. That's how you grow a fan base. But no player, unless they're in Los Angeles or New York, really wants to be where they're at on whatever team they're on. For the most part. It's not a huge damning statement about a city. It doesn't mean that your gumbo's not great. It doesn't mean that you can't go see Soul Rebels on a Thursday night. It just means somebody would prefer to be somewhere else. And in New Orleans right now, I think everybody would prefer to be somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I, I, I do agree that there is definitely, I think the smaller the market, the more insecure uh, fans get about it. And, uh, and certainly here where there's no tradition of winning for the most part, uh, that, that plays an even larger role. But look, like James Harden asked his way out of Houston, which is what, the third biggest city in the country? Mm-hmm. And he asked his way out of Brooklyn, you know, which is like the hippest city in America. And it's like, it does nothing to do with the city, you know? Like, it's just the situation. More than anything, that plays a role. The reason Anthony Davis wanted to leave the Pelicans is because he wanted to leave New Orleans is because of the Pelicans, not because of New Orleans. If they were playing very well and they were, you know, things were exactly right for him, he would have stayed. These guys really, for the most part, don't really care that much about the actual, you know, quote unquote market. There are a handful of examples to the contrary of that. I do think Kevin Durant wanted to be, you know, in Brooklyn and in Golden State. He's, you know, like a tech investor and all that kind of stuff. I do think that, you know, there are some examples. LeBron going to Los Angeles, I think that had a, a large part of it. Uh, but for the most part, they just want to go with the basketball situation is the best. And if the Pelicans can prove that they have a good, healthy basketball situation which they didn't until what march you know like we you sit now and you're like well this seems good like they were not good until march correct this is a dumpster fire of uh, a season until then and they got it right and i think they gained a lot of momentum and a lot of people are, are on board now and that i think has changed the center for zion understandably getting cj mccollum helps too like there's a lot involved that has changed, and so I think this is all very big positive that now Zion is saying this. Yeah, it is, and it, it comes at a good time for the Pelicans. You know, it's he is extending an olive branch by doing a little thing, and you know we we've made a big deal about little things before, like little quote unquote uh you know like not texting cj not being in contact this is he's in the city he's doing what you know we questioned before and it it's hard to find fault with that i just i don't think it's 
quite the I'm going to be here forever that some are playing it up to be. Yeah. Of yeah. course. I don't think you can predict. I mean, you know, Ben Simmons had four years left of his contract mm-hmm. passed out. It's uh, things happen. It's the NBA. Uh, I don't think you can can you know pencil in. It's not Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City where he signed like an eleven year contract. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be there a long time. Uh, you know, well before March, the question mark was Zion, and that question mark has faded. Yes. To some degree, it has, and the, it was. It was. Is this guy going to literally ask for a trade now? Play like use the leverage that he has to not even sign his contract extension and get traded, and that is not happening. And I think that's a huge benefit. Now, the other side of the coin is what Griff and the Pelicans want to do with Zion. Uh, you know, he appeared on the Rosillo podcast. I thought he was interesting. He had a lot of Griffisms. Mm-hmm. He's got to be one of the most unique talkers in the history of time just riddles and <laughs> ver- verbosity to uh to to the moon uh all kinds of phrases that i don't think another human on this earth that doesn't do motivational speaking has ever used it's really uh, it, it, it it's it's genuinely impressive to listen to him because i don't think he says um one time and he's pulling out like the most obscure words that i've ever seen how often do you think he reads the secret (laughs) (laughs) more than once (laughs) i mean i can definitely see him like hanging out art of motorcycle maintenance (laughs) yeah he's gotta be he's gonna get like an extra big piano for tony little to play with his giant banana hands yes <laughs> is that his name, Tony Little? Tony Little's the, the that's the gazelle. Tony guy. Robbins. Tony, Tony Robbins. Robbins. That's it. Yeah, I was like, why doesn't that sound right? He's yeah. the gazelle guy. <laughs> the gazelle with the ponytail and the booty shorts. Yes, that's Tony. Uh, this is how unmotivated I am. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, last game of the season at home. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I, I thought Griff was good. Uh, I all of his. Bullshit sounds a lot better after they're winning. Indeed, it does. <laughs> it's like it's a, and he said he's always said that. He's like, look, I can sit up here and tell you guys everything. He's like, you think I'm an idiot when we're losing and when we're winning? You think I'm a genius? And he's a hundred percent right. <laughs> like, there's nobody. And uh, again, like I do credit him for recognizing that. And he also realized when things were not going well this season that he should just step the hell back and not say anything because it doesn't help. Yeah, and whenever he did step forward and try and say something, we're like, what a weirdo. Yeah, exactly. And it just added fuel to all these crazy fires like about weirding out Zion and chemistry with coaches and all this stuff. And you're off Twitter right now, Uh and you see how much better your life is because you've taken the nonsense out of it. You've Uh taken the, the static, the fuzz. The, the the nothingness. Yes. And that's what Griff did by disappearing. Yeah. And it was it really was the right play. He made a good trade. Are we going to be saying this about Zion disappearing as soon as he gets 34 points <laughs> in that opening game? Well, you know what? I'm, he should have gone to Portland. They've got the vegan strip clubs there. He's doing great. Uh, uh, yeah. I, but he did kind of elude Griff, sort of alluded to like, yeah, it's going to be a little more complicated than just we're going to give Zion everything he wants and 
sign the extension the moment that, you know, if you remember Anthony Davis, like 12.01 a.m., whenever the free agency window opened, he signed his contract extension. It was done. Brandon Ingram was pretty quick uh, as far as signing his extension, his max extension. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be a little bit longer of a process, and I think Griff is being fairly open about that, which I appreciate, and he should be. I mean, he's got a little leverage, right? Like, Zion has only played 80 games. Uh, you got to think he, he wants to secure himself some money. You probably have the opportunity to add in some stuff to that contract that you wouldn't have thought before. Yeah, and whoever you talk to is going to say that the other person has the leverage. Yeah. It sounds like a you know 23-year-old who is already an all-star and is a Jordan athlete and kind of has been the unofficial, official, official, unofficial face of the franchise for sure. three seasons yeah. has more leverage. And if yeah. he leaves, but the Pelicans, of course, gained a little leverage in the six weeks they were a good team. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's true. And, and, you know, the rookie class that's come on and, you know, the, just the idea that you could he think he's proven that they can build a team that's at least competitive without Zion. But the only way this team goes to the level that everybody wants to go to, which is championship type of aspirations, is with Zion. You watch Boston, you watch Miami, you watch any of these teams, uh, and particularly those in the West, you know, with Golden State. You're not beating those teams without Zion, mm-hmm. period, end of story. And if you have him right now, you're looking at it and going like, they can score with anybody. I don't know if they can defend with anybody, but they can score with anybody in the NBA uh, if he's on the court. And that is an uh, incredible statement to make and makes you feel really good about the future of this franchise, at least in the immediate term. It does. Um And I don't think the Pelicans are going to use, hey, we were able to be a good team without you as a counteractive measure. They're going to use it as a, come on, come join us. You know, we're putting this clause in because you've played 82 games, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't get uh, too messy. Like, what do you think a timeline is for this? Like, how long are talks and agreements and things like that? How long can they go on? How long do you think they will go on? So... The period opens July 1, I believe. Uh, I would think it's going to go into August to where everything sort of shakes out across the league. And then they have a little bit better of an idea of what everything looks like across the whole landscape of the league. And then I think the fight is going to come down to two things, which is... uh, is he going to play for a guaranteed fifth year? So in the NBA, you can sign a max contract. The last year can either be a player option where the player chooses to take it or not. Obviously, that's a, a big player empowerment thing. Uh, or it be- the option belongs to the team where it's fully guaranteed and uh, the team decides whether to pick it up. They're going to push for that for the fifth year to where they control it. And then the other one will be if there are incentives in place based on the amount of games, the amount of stats, anything like that, that push it toward that max contract, that he needs to play in order to earn the money. Obviously, he did not play at all last season, and he earned every dollar that was on his contract. Uh, I do think those two sticking points will have to take a while to thaw, and I think they'll eventually figure it out. I cannot predict which way it's going to go, but I do think they're not big enough sticking points to where it's going to last into the season. 
but I think they're both going to kind of feel each other out as the rest of the league kind of gets the whole roster together. You get through the heart of the offseason, and then I think they'll figure it out. And still kind of the underlying uh, factor in all of this is if the team is winning with Zion, we're not going to be thinking about any of this. No. The, the discussion is over if the team is playing at the level everyone thinks they can with Zion. If he is playing and looks good, everything feels great. If he for if if the chemistry slips an iota, if the if the performance slips a little bit, if he doesn't look engaged, like he's going to be under a lot of scrutiny because of how beloved that team was the last 2 weeks of the season last year. People are, are remembering that of how much that team loved each other how hard they played how like well they coalesced around each other all those things are going to be fresh in everyone's memory and if he comes out and is like dogging it the way that everybody dogs and understand van gundy if that is the zion that you see on like body language on the court i am curious to see how people react yeah because there were so many personalities that came out it wasn't just that this team was winning. It was that there were memorable people out there. Yes. Like you can turn on the TV and see Jose Alvarado and CJ McCollum during the finals. That's there's hasn't been another Pelicans or Hornets team where there's ever been any players yeah, that anyone cares about. Yeah. I mean, a, like not even Anthony Davis was like at that level of, of kind of personality. He was, yeah. he was a superstar, sure, but he was not, Yes, he was an all-star. He was not His a, personality was not a fan favorite. No. His basketball ability was. And now there are personalities around this team that are fun, which is something we have talked about for a long time, referencing franchises like Sacramento and Memphis as being bad and fun. Yes. And, you know, two years ago on this podcast, we were saying, if this team was fun, that would be fine. Yeah. And now the team is fun, and they're decent to good. Yeah. So Zion is going to have to, and I, I think like being here in New Orleans and showing what he's shown so far this summer is a step in the right direction, but he's going to have to merge his superstar persona yeah. with, uh, with the characters and personalities that Pelicans fans have developed a connection to. Absolutely. He's got to fit into the fabric that's already developed, and that is something that's very different from his first two years where it was the Zion show, and everyone kind of orbited around him. No, I don't think anybody's going to be like, yeah, we love Devontae Graham. Get the hell out of here, Zion. Yeah. No, <laughs> I agree. It's like, oh, no, we had a, a argument with Jose Alvarado. Yeah. <laughs> Get to trade Zion. Yeah, they're going to shoot Jose out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I also just think he's going to be good. I think he fits well in what they do. They've got some great shooters. They've got, uh, you know, they, they don't have that, like, real driving force, like, go to the rim and finish and, and put the ball in his hands and get a bucket. Like, Brandon Ingram does a lot of things, but he's not like that, you know, he, he doesn't do the same stuff that Zion does. Uh, so I think it's going to mesh well on the court if Zion is locked in. And by all accounts, he looks like he's bought in. And that's all anyone's really asked. We saw him at Duke be totally bought in, and he was goddamn unstoppable. And we saw him not really bought in his first two years in the NBA, <laughs> and he was goddamn unstoppable. So it's like it, 
it should work. Like, there's no reason it shouldn't work, especially if he's got a long-term deal. And even if it doesn't work, the fact he has a long-term deal allows you to trade him and get something meaningful for him uh, down the line. So health will always be an issue, but we know the Zion thing is good, and right now it is trending in the right direction, and that should be a huge relief for Pelicans fans, even if July might be a little uncomfortable if they don't get all that ironed out uh, on the spot. Yeah, and and you mentioned Zion fitting in with this team and how this team operates currently. Uh, The way that Zion plays, you mentioned finishing at the rim. Of course, that's a a huge factor uh, in Zion's game. There are not a lot of players that are even doing that anymore in the league. What was it that Michael Pena had a story in the – Sports Illustrated is basically that the the since they've started tracking data of where shots come from across the league, as long as that's been aggregated and, and totaled, uh, this season was the lowest amount of shots at the rim in an NBA season, and it, it is it, it is not BS, man. Like they are, this is a three point shooting league, and so it does make you wonder what this team will look like where they only really have one dependable three-point shooter uh, that we know of right now, which is CJ. I mean, obviously, Trey Murphy has shown flashes and things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, But it does make you think, like, can the Pelicans be like the the zig to the zag that everybody, everybody is shooting three-pointers and the rest of the league is kind of not able to do what the Pelicans do? Maybe it's because it doesn't make any sense anymore because everyone's so good at shooting threes. Uh, but I, I will be really interested to see if Zion's game still makes sense. Even in the last two years, the amount of three-pointers that have been shot just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating. I think it's going to make sense. And, you know, this is kind of where you talk about what a unique player Zion is. And it's not just that he's playing in a position that a lot of players aren't playing anymore. It's that he, the, his size and his strength at that position, what he's able to do. I don't. The Pelicans have tried to chase that model of Golden State three-point shooting before, and it just hasn't worked for it's, whatever reason. Yeah, it turns out it's hard to find those guys. It's hard to find those guys, and we're poison for three-point shooters yeah. like J.J. <laughs> Redick, Miritich, Devontae Graham to some degree. Ryan Anderson. These are guys that could shoot, and then they came here, yeah. and the magic wore off just a little bit. <laughs> I, I think the Pelicans can zag and become a team like that. Yeah. Like, if this team became a bully ball team, that would be a lot of fun yeah. with, with the attitudes and personalities on it. I think the Pelicans have faltered in trying to become a three-point shooting team in the last four or five years. It's not happening for them. It's yeah. more difficult than it seems. And even like watching these finals, they go the way of the three-point shot. Yes. Golden State is either absolutely unbeatable yeah. or a, a fucking joke out there. Yeah. Depending and they, on the and they have the two best three-point shooters in NBA history. Yeah, so, and even that is not game to game. Yes, <laughs> there, there will be nights where it doesn't work. More often than not, it does because they are the best that have ever done it. The Pelicans are not going to get the best shooters that have ever shot the ball before. Now, this is more of the negative nonsense <laughs> that I'm sick of hearing espoused from my love seat. Uh, no, it, I... I it, unquestionably what Zion will bring to them 
is going to change the complexion of what they look like offensively. Uh, it is going to add so much uh, dynamism, but it will not add to him taking three-pointers. It will add space to everyone else uh, taking three-pointers, which will help greatly because last year that was not there. There was nobody to really take that. You know, Brandon Ingram can command a double team, but not the way uh, that Zion can as far as driving kicks. So a lot to look forward to. I think very much uh, positive strides you're seeing when it comes to the Pelicans as they build this thing uh, up. And, you know, considering where we were, four months ago it's crazy we're sitting in this position talking about not only getting the number eight pick in the draft getting zion who looks to be fully on board and getting him to a contract extension to a playoff team just kind of an unbelievable turn of events so uh nothing to really be grumpy about in pelican land nope weird for us fly away pals <laughs> weird for us all right on that note we will take a quick break we will come back uh we've got of course your local roundup and our favorite segment talk to you soon and oh everybody that's right your favorite bar my favorite bar everybody's favorite bar and up New Orleans, Louisiana, ale on oak, 30 beers on tap, a full menu of food, (laughs) food, glorious food, all the food you can eat, (laughs) they have it at ale on oak, it is a wonderful place to watch a ball game, They've got, if you like baseball, if you've been gambling on baseball, like Polk the Degenerate, you can go to Ale on Oak. They have every single game on television available. The College World Series, where some teams, uh, some people's favorite teams, did not shit the bed in epic fashion and mm-hmm. everybody laughed at you. Uh, you can watch the College World Series and those teams play. Uh, you find me something you can't do at Ale on Oak. You can write a great song, you can dance. Like no one's watching. You can paint. There's so many things that you can do at Ale on Oak. But mostly what you can do is uh, drink delicious beer, eat wonderful food, and hang out in a lovely covered patio on a lovely evening here in sultry summertime. It's nice, too, because whenever you go there and they're supposed to be open, they are. Yeah, that's rare. And uh, when you get there, they have uh, employees. Yeah, that's even rarer. I know. The TGI Fridays uh, near my office closed. Probably because they couldn't get any employees. Probably (laughs) because they all got taken by Ale on Oak. (laughs) (laughs) Closing TGI Fridays. It's honestly one of the greatest things. It's a gift to the community. I wondered why the last time I went to Ale on Oak, they were all wearing those like Foot Locker shirts <laughs> that they had at TGI Fridays. No pieces of flair at Ale on Oak. No, the flair is a good time. That's right. And everybody's having it. Everybody's having it. If you want to sit in the air conditioning, they got that. If you want to hang out in the patio, they got that. If you want to go to the bathroom, they got that. Whoa. They've got everything Come that on. you can think of at Ale on Oak. We highly recommend going there if you want to have a life and have friends. All the things that I don't (laughs) have, you should go to Ale on Oak and watch the rest of the NBA Finals and, of course, watch some baseball. 
because it is the season to do that. They have the MLB package. They'll put it on the games you want to watch. Yeah. It's as easy as that. There's a million TVs. You can gamble on DraftKings using code Polk and Kush. That's right. Send a text to Polk. Send a tweet to Polk at Polk and Kush on Twitter and ask him what games he's betting on that day. He would love nothing more than to reply to every single one of them with exactly what games he's betting on. I'm just going to tell you what my guy's telling me. (laughs) Act like it's me. That's how it works. And then when I win, I'll go, yeah, that was my idea. And then when I lose, I'll go, that was the other guy. (laughs) It wasn't my fault. (laughs) I'm just passing it off. That was Kush's pick. (laughs) Kush's lock of the week. Yes. I mean... The fact that anyone can bet on baseball and make money on it, it's just incredible to me. Oh, I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pay for the new house somehow. Giants money line. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Dad, Dad needs a new pair of, uh, I don't know. I see some plastic bags with stuff in it. What do we need? Those are moving bags. Are we moving paper plates to the next place? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Come on. It's not a financial thing. It's the environment. <laughs> We're moving paper plates. Come on. Okay. I'm saving the earth. <laughs> Those they are pa- neatly packed in a garbage in a plastic bag, though. <laughs> Which I'll be lighting on fire as soon as I get there. I'm smoking a cigarette while I'm saving the earth. I'll tell you what's in hot hot <laughs> demand in New Orleans is moving supplies. Yeah? Yeah. I was fighting people off with a goddamn stick to get these <laughs> grocery bags. Uh. <laughs> I move so often. Yes. I've moved I've moved on average like one point two times a year for the last decade. I have moved three times since two thousand seven. <laughs> We live different lives. We do. I used to be a bohemian man. I was, you know, in the Afghan wigs. <laughs> I played the tambourine. <laughs> that is so many moves. Yeah. What's, your, what's been the worst neighborhood you've lived in in New Orleans? Uh, I lived in the Treme, on Treme Street. Okay. Um, right near Little Dizzy's and the okay. social club place. It's now a condemned building. <laughs> That a bunch of people with face tattoos do needle drugs in. And when I lived there, they were my friends. Please watch my dog. Yes. Um, I also lived in Central City um, on, like, I think it was uh, second. It was around second going towards Central City. I lived in a huge, like, warehouse that uh, used to be like a screen printing photo developing place when <laughs> those places don't like light because they could mess up the emulsion and the film exposure. So they were tiny, like painted over windows, like t- 14 feet up oh on the wall. God. Uh, it was like living in a grocery store. <laughs> and I in, in Afghanistan. <laughs> Every morning, I would get woken up by the neighbors, like, fighting over, like, buckets and shopping carts. That's a lot. It's a few. This is your first one in uh, JP? No, I've lived in Rattery before. (laughs) (laughs) I lived in an apartment building off Severn for two and a half months. Those are horrible. I 
don't work far from there, and those are horrifying. Yeah, looking. my whole the two weeks I lived there, it smelled like spaghetti because my neighbor was apparently <laughs> Chef Boyardee. <laughs> I don't know. We filmed a massive fraud video in the pool at that apartment complex, so it lives on forever. <laughs> they have three day leases. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, hey, I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Not the first, won't be the last. Uh, it's a wonderful little town we live in. There's a lot going on. Uh, in case the, those of you who haven't been paying attention, things are not going uh, great. No, they uh, are. Yes. And I have a story for us. Okay. In the segment that we do. Okay. The Local Breakdown. It's the It is filled with juicy jazz. Squalling trumpets and chitty-chitty little crawdads. You put Paris in a swamp and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. <laughs> There's good news in the city and it comes from, you know, the guy that should be mayor. I think he's dead. Al Copeland. <laughs> Very dead. <laughs> He's so dead his bones aren't even I, I was thinking of a Stuart Copeland. <laughs> that guy's still alive. Uh, <laughs> if you are hankering for some Popeye's chicken, uh-huh. as any good New Orleans is, this is a good effing week to get some chicken. Ooh. From the 12th through the 19th, Popeye's is selling chicken for 59 cents for a two-piece. How long are those lines going to be? I can't imagine. That's like triple DMV line. You've got to like, there has to be a moment of self-reflection before you go to Popeye. It's not, yes, inflation is bad. Popeye's is still pretty cheap. So if you are the kind of person that goes, you know what? I need to save $3. I'm going to put on my (laughs) battle armor from Halo. (laughs) <laughs> and go to Popeye's. <laughs> I went to Costco for gas today and uh, not doing that for a while. Did you get carjacked? <laughs> I did not, but it was a shit show out there. And then like, you know, it's one guy was filling up like four of those red tanks. I was like, what is going on here, man? Like either way, it was just insane. So <laughs> the idea of like, yeah, I, I liked saving some money, but at the same time, I understand that saving some money also comes with everybody else is also wanting to save some money, and so it's crowded. But great for Popeyes. This is a fantastic idea. They should do this periodically all the time, just like a little gift to New Orleans. Is you it know, just in New Orleans? No, it's, it's at all Popeyes. Oh, okay. You know what Popeyes needs more of? It needs more people furious trying to get a deal. <laughs> Every time I go in, there's like somebody with a trident. <laughs> Somebody's got an open head wound. I'm like, I wish there were there were more occasions to bring more people into this Popeyes right now. What if I sub out? Is there a Popeyes in Arkham Asylum? Is that where I am? I want to go back to the Costco gas. The problem with these maniacs is that they get in the line. You know, the line goes one fucking way, and yes. you're supposed to get in the left or right pump depending on what side the hole's on. Mm -hmm. Most morons don't think about that, and then they get there and then have to, like, pull the hose around the car. Yeah. But some people will realize that and then go around the wrong way. Oh, that's incredible. I have not seen that. 
That's this might be. I'm not Costco. I'm a Sam's Club guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam's Costco's, Club. You really can't do it. Everything's pointing in one direction. I mean, Sam's Club is the rallies <laughs> of large market wholesale grocery. Like, if you're going there, it's because you have no money or you're drunk. <laughs> or you have 11 children. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the maniacs at Sam's, they'll spin around and go the wrong way, and they'll like come in the exit, and then you start fighting with them. It's, usually, it's always cab drivers that do it. I mean, you can just pull the thing around. At least you can at Costco. They easily go around. Today, the guy literally in front of me. So first, the guy, the guy two cars in front of me filled up three giant red gas tanks on his own, then decided to fill up his giant truck. So that was fun. It took an hour for him to get going. <laughs> then the guy. So, you know, you pull up the two spaces. So thankfully, I was at a pump. By the time I finished pumping my gas, the guy had not yet gotten out of the car. There are approximately a thousand cars behind us. He had not yet gotten out of the car. As I get into my car, he finally gets out. He starts tapping his credit card against the thing <laughs> and then realizes, I think, this isn't going to work because I'm not a member of Costco. So he sat in the line for like 20 minutes on idle and probably use $64 worth of gas only to find out that you cannot, in fact, buy gas here. <laughs> and uh. then he drove off with the gas cap open. And then I told him at the red light, I was like, oh, your gas cap is open. And he looked at me like, hey, would you like to die today? <laughs> because you should stop talking to me. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so I just sped off right through the red light to get away from that guy. <laughs> Did he have a Polk and Kush sticker on his <laughs> Monster truck. The, the true test. That's the new red flag law is if yeah. you have a Polk and Kush sticker on your car. Uh, <laughs> that, that is what we're trying to, to keep everybody away from. Uh, nah, man. That is, I'm happy about Popeye's, though. That's great. I, 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 you know, hopefully, if you find like an odd hour, that just seems like a good time. So you've, to got do that. you've got five more days to go get some very affordable Popeye's. What time do you think it would be the ideal Popeye's time? As soon as they open. 3 yeah. p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Post at 11, but actually 11.22. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I might try to make it out there. That sounds fun, right? You know, we goof on Popeye's a little. The Popeye's on Canal Street is fantastic. Yeah? It is spotless for now. And they have kiosk ordering. And oh, there's like a little, okay. like, your order, here's your thing. Nice. It's They've only gotten my order wrong most of the time, but it hasn't been like horrific. You know, I haven't like opened up the bag and it's cigarette butts and a waffle. It's, Popeyes of the future. Yes. <laughs> it's the demolition man version of Popeyes. Where it's the only restaurant to survive the chain wars. Um, elsewhere in the city, you know, everybody hates Latoya Cantrell. Should we talk about her a little bit? Yeah. So which one do you want to start with here? Latoya uh She's blaming the people of Lakeview for not fixing Lakeview's drainage, which seems like it'd be her problem, right? Well, uh, I think the specific verbiage was that she blamed uh, the politics of Lakeview. It was kind of like that. Uh, you're you the know, mayor. Who's in charge over here? And there was like, you're in charge. You know. <laughs> Like the sewer board guy, it's like, we got to get this rat who's running the sewer board. And they're like, it's you. <laughs> and she's, uh, the, 
city councilman Joe Russo for District A is like, I don't know what the hell she's talking about. She's like, we, we literally came to an agreement, and it turns out that uh, she's very mad at the agreement they came to. And then it comes out that not only did they have an agreement, they still had not formalized an agreement with City Park where all of the drainage was going to go. It is a bonkers story. Well, it does go against her original statement of saying that New Orleans has learned to live with water. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, if you were to sum up the dumbest things I've ever heard, that would be way up high on the list. So basically, LaToya is blaming the citizens of Lakeview, which is New Orleans, where she's mayor. Yes. For not... uh, for delaying this project, which would drain stuff, which is good. Yes. Because the city, it rained for 18 minutes. <laughs> and all of New Orleans East got flooded. Uh-huh. What was this, four days ago, five uh-huh. days ago? And nobody had even, like, mentioned it. It was not a tropical depression. No. It was a storm. It was yeah. a normal storm that you would Power s- went out of my office. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, my brother-in-law was trapped in his office. He couldn't get out. It was fun. This It, it rained for 18 minutes. It did not rain for long. <laughs> and the power went out very quickly, and it stayed out the rest of the afternoon. And the blame and the blood lies solely on the hands of those at Parlays <laughs> and everyone else in Lakeview. <laughs> I still, like, I've read this thing. Three times, and I cannot understand why she's so mad at the people in Lakeview about this. And they seem genuinely like, what is she talking about? It seems like they had a meeting, and they were like, okay, we're going to dig these ditches, whatever. It's like, but we had to do a couple more plans, and we got to you know, make this work. And then she came out and was like, if you don't want it, then we're just going to bring it somewhere else, and you can flood to death. <laughs> Like, um, what are you talking about? Like, we just had a conversation. I don't understand what happened. Yeah, so uh, that's Latoya Cantrell. This is the same woman who, if you're reading the news, uh, there's been some truly insane things happening in terms of the city's criminal court. Uh, So the new sheriff uh, apparently did not realize that uh, you are responsible as the sheriff for protecting the courtroom of the city. So there was a couple of deaths inside of the jail because, you know, prisoners live there, Uh, (laughs) felons for the most part, (laughs) and they tend to uh, be violent uh, individuals, and they uh, apparently when they're not supervised well enough, they kill each other. Okay. And uh, one guy killed himself, which, you know, I don't know how you're going to stop that. Uh, and so she was like, all right, let's take all the people out of the courtroom that protect the courtroom and we're going to put them into the jail. And so then everybody showed up for court and they were like, well, you can't have court today because there's no one here to protect, you know, to bring the inmates into the courtroom and protect the courtroom. And so it turns out that they just had to close the court, which seems like the worst thing that you could do when you're trying to unload a backlog of cases for like 200 plus murder suspects in the city, uh, not to mention the countless other criminals that have, uh, you know, have been caught. Garbage can thieves. (laughs) A small fraction of those committing crimes, mind you, but still a uh, large amount of criminals that have been caught. 
And, uh, and, and so anyway, this happens. The sheriff is like, ah, I don't know what's happening. It doesn't matter. I, you know, she, she doesn't have anything to say about it. They ask Mayor Latoya Cantrell. She is at a, a pool dedication for a public pool. Uh, and she, as uh, the WDSU reporter begins to ask the question, she stops him and says, I'm only here to talk about the pool. I'm the mayor of the city, and the number one priority right now is the pool. And that seems uh, bad. Unless your mayor is Bobby Boucher. <laughs> or Ace Ventura. <laughs> Well, the, the sheriff, Susan Hudson, uh, would not provide information on Tuesday about jail staffing levels and would not say how many deputies were in the jail, saying that it could pose further security risk. Because if there's one thing prisoners love to do, <laughs> it's read the news. <laughs> they could also... I you could know. put a story on the front page of the paper with the combination of the locks. No one's reading it. Uh, this is, I just, and then apparently Judge Paul Sens told her, like, hey, did you know that you are responsible for, like, making sure the court can run? And she was totally unaware of that, supposedly. Which is, I mean, we're really cooking with gas now. Every time you think, like, well, at least it can't get worse. And then just something unbelievable. Like, that's just not even on, like, the bingo card of, like, incredible shit that can go wrong in a city. It's like... Oh, yeah, all the criminals, we can't even have trials. We need closed criminal court because inmates are murdering each other and we can't take the sheriff's deputies out of the jail. Man, it's I, bonkers. It's, it really makes you want to obey the law. <laughs> it, really, it really makes all those people without license plates worried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to my court case in 2027, you know? I, that one inmate that killed himself, you know, he worked for the Clinton administration. So you can't even say that that was fault of the. I forgot. Yeah, Jeffrey Epstein was at OPP. Yeah, yeah that was definitely him. Uh, he, the, the guy, that guy definitely had his own island. Whoever killed himself <laughs> in the jail. Uh, yeah, it's just you can't even like even the jail, the jail itself doesn't function the courtroom itself doesn't function if the if those things don't function at all how are the people supposed to function that's a good question that's like you've got you've got this is the captive audience literally the captive audience you can't control them how can you control the people that you have no control over and that seems to be a problem but at least latoya opened a pool and jumped into it I mean, and was willing to answer questions about the pool. <laughs> Who has a question about the pool? <laughs> Excuse me, Miss Mayor. Tell me about the pool. <laughs> what is the pool like? Was she in the pool? Is it salt water? She jumped in the pool. All right. Great photo op. Nobody pushed her in? Yeah. I, then somebody showed a, uh, somebody photoshopped, of course, her jumping into a giant flood water <laughs> 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 off of a car. <laughs> So, uh, it, it is uh, unfathomable, some of the things that occur here. This is why I'm moving into the laser tag arena in Kenner. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have so much different things to complain about. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be like, this bitch at the HOA is making me <laughs> mow my lawn. 
the bar at Casa Garcia takes forever with these fucking <laughs> chips. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's going to be a different experience, uh, the Kenner version of this show. Uh, but yeah, we, uh, we still love you, New Orleans. I, I, I sometimes uh, cannot believe the things that occur here. This might have been one of the more just uh, totally disillusioned moments that I've had where they're like, they're closing the court because the prisoners are killing themselves. What are we doing here? One of the uh, most disillusioned moments I had was very recently when they were posting the videos of the children doing burnouts and street shows uh, over by the, uh, the healing center in St. Rock and a city councilman who had two DUIs commented on it, talking about (laughs) reckless driving (laughs) endangering the city that was when that was the one time where i was like i'm glad they have check marks on twitter so i know this isn't just like somebody changed their name and picture real quick oliver thomas talking about bringing in the national guard the governor's like those guys are soldiers like yeah, bro, like, that's that's where we're at. Like, the guy who's the uh, New Orleans East councilman, who's a felon himself, is saying, we should probably bring in the yeah, National Guard. Yeah, this is guard. crazy. Yeah, it's like, this guy spent five years in jail himself, and even he knows this is fucked up. <laughs> like, we got problems, man. Everybody else has Mickey Mouse problems. We got real problems in this place. We have real mouse problems. <laughs> Let's get into something a little more uplifting. That's right, everybody. My favorite part of every single week. The word! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumb. The worst. We always appreciate when you send in your takes on the worst polkandkush at gmail.com and you can tweet at us polkandkush on the old twitter now the worst isn't always like something bad no sometimes it's something insane ridiculous something uh just a you know absurd not necessarily a bad thing not necessarily a good thing off the wall off the wall bonkers i like have (laughs) i bananas have i padded this one enough before (laughs) i get into it um this comes to us from metro weekly one of my favorites (laughs) always um it's june you know what that means Mm, yeah it's pride month oh yes I've seen the short shorts. Are you not wearing rainbow suspenders right now for Pride Month? You're just a big Gallagher fan? <laughs> they had the Pride Parade uh, guy was doing the live stand-up and the news like in front of the start of the Pride Parade. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was two men wearing extremely short shorts. And it was very funny as the guy kept trying to get them out of the shot. <laughs> like the guy was like slowly turning the camera away and they kept kind of following behind him. And I was like, yeah, we can almost see this guy's ball sack and we'd like him to not be on television. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> there are, sure. There are a lot of important <laughs> things happening during June, just like that. A lot of educational things, <laughs> a lot of uh, accepting things. And, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's a good place for us to learn, uh-huh. you know, cause, cause being gay 
is a lot easier than it used to be, but the battle is not over. Okay. And Postmates has decided <laughs> to step up. Post- That's who I was counting on. <laughs> it's it's up to corporations for the disenfranchised <laughs> and the underrepresented. Yes. Postmates is serving up a bottom-friendly menu this Pride. Postmates has launched Eat with Pride, an initiative offering bottom-friendly food options from restaurants in Los Angeles and New York. Oh, my God. The food delivery service providing customers with restaurant-prepared meals has produced a video in time for Pride Month touting its new bottom-friendly menu in select cities. The adorably animated commercial features a leather harness-clad eggplant as a top and a jockstrap-wearing peaches bottom, which shows the pairs looking at various foods, some of which are not ideal if preparing to engage in anal sex at some point after consumption. If you're a top, it seems like you can eat whatever you want. Rob Anderson intones as the eggplant wolfs down a taco and three peaches gaze at a melting bowl of ice cubes and sigh. But if you're a bottom, you're expected to starve. (laughs) Not this pride. To guide would-be bottoms to the right foods that would wreak less havoc on their digestive system, Postmates has partnered with Dr. Evan Goldstein, founder of Future Method slash Bespoke Surgical, to develop Eat with Pride. We're getting doctors involved in this, huh? A bottom-friendly menu. Oh, my God. Restaurants on the list include pizza, tender greens, cafes, coffee. I don't know about that one. Sushi and seafood restaurants. As the commercial notes, people seeking to bottom are recommended to stay away from whole grains, wheat, bran, (laughs) Cheerios mostly, (laughs) cauliflower, potatoes, and legumes, which don't dissolve easily in water. Okay, pardon me for getting graphic. (laughs) The reason that we're picking these certain foods that aren't good for, quote, bottoms Men getting inserted in the Men receiving. The reason is because, is Postmates telling us that this is for the the muscle of the actual anus? Or is this for any other, have they told us the reason that this is good for bottoms? I'm going to tell you the reason this is good for bottoms. I'd like to know, because I'm a little concerned. It is to keep your stomach settled, less explosive. <laughs> there, there are a couple factors here. You know, the, it, the, the anus is like a time bomb. You don't want to, like, have stuff going off around it. <laughs> Pop an O-ring in there. Yeah, you can't, you know, <laughs> thwack it with your ring finger or anything. It'll go off. If I was the top, there would be no issues. <laughs> It is to keep the area somewhat, uh, the foods that won't dissolve <laughs> would show up perchance, and also, look, you just- What are we doing here? When you're having sex, <laughs> something you try and avoid is spraying your partner with feces. What would Nancy Reagan say? <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
that is really like just a gra- like you would never hey it's valentine's day remember don't eat steak because when your husband is you know making you do reverse cowgirl it's gonna be you know bouncing around in your belly like what a weird thing to get like that graphic about sex in anything that's just bizarre I, yeah, and it's like the concept of this is fine. Of course, if you're going to be engaging in, in, in anal sex, then there probably are some foods you should and shouldn't avoid. What I don't particularly care for is a food delivery app yeah. with a cartoon video <laughs> telling me that whenever I put my penis in another man's butthole, I could get diarrhea all over me. Yeah, it seems to if be we, doing if the If we go to Pizza Hut or whatever, it seems to be be scaring kids from becoming gay. Maybe that's a re- maybe they are really like paid for by Joel Osteen, <laughs> you know? and this is the whole thing being like, oh yeah, you know, you like to eat potatoes. Can't do that if you're gay. <laughs> Not if you're going to be a good bottom. <laughs> you know, you like all that cauliflower rice. I mean, this is just more propaganda from Big Sushi. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck was going on in that office that day? I love, you you have to respect the balls of the guy who came to this board meeting. And one guy's like, (laughs) you know, what if we did like a, you know, a free two liter of Pepsi with uh, chicken wings? And guy's like, all right, I can see it. Or, uh, oh, I know. What if uh, what if you uh, order tater tots and you get a free small onion ring? Okay, better. Hanson, what's your idea? <laughs> All right, you know how people fuck each other in the ass? Go on. What if we figure out the best thing to order at Long John Silver's so you won't spray liquid feces all over the person... Putting their penis in your butt. <laughs> oh, I think we found the clip for Twitter. <laughs> I downloaded Postmates to see if there was one in your... <laughs> I did. I downloaded Postmates. <laughs> Gonna be some weird nights in Kenner. There's no... They don't have the bottom-friendly menu in New Orleans. <laughs> Because, of course, they don't. Yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to get the healthy gumbo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was hoping to get the lacquered shrimp with, uh, you know, a little bit less of the, the oily, uh, the oilness. It's a pretty cute video. It's got, like, little fruits and stuff. Oh, God. I shouldn't uh, have said that. Everything's loaded. <laughs> this is, that is bonk. Uber does, like, you know, they turn the street, like, the little route is a rainbow. Yeah. That seems like a nice touch sure. for the gays. Yeah. Uh, that seems like, hey, we're allies. Everybody can, you know, drive on the rainbow. Everybody, you know. Is it patronizing? It's not. Of course it's patronizing. It's all patronizing. That's patronizing. It's just also, like, weird. It's never anybody's first time getting topped in the bottom. <laughs> it's, they, know, <laughs> they know what's going on. They know they can't have Ritz bits. It just would never happen with straight anything. We're like, 
<laughs> McDonald's introduces the menu of like, hey, you gonna have sex tonight? Yeah, have a big pineapple yeah. juice. <laughs> you gonna bang your wife? How about you come and eat? Uh, you know, don't eat the French fries. Instead, we've got these new fruit sticks that you can eat, like the McOysters. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they would just never happen. Like we. J- and I understand the difference between being gay and not gay is sexuality, but it's also like, I think we're over-sexualizing, you know, things a little bit when we're talking about what you can eat to get banged in the ass. This is the world we live in now. This is a, that's a crazy story, man. And when you sign up for Pulse Mate's bottom-friendly <laughs> menu, use promo code <laughs> Polk and Kush. I was about to say the exact same joke. What's on the Polk and Kush bottom-friendly menu? <laughs> Everything. Go crazy, because it's your butt. <laughs> <laughs> we and you're not going to sl- see that guy tomorrow anyway. We finally have a slogan for the podcast. <laughs> Go crazy. It's your butt. Postmates. Oh, my God. Uh, that is truly uh, bonkers. Uh, all right. What an episode, everybody. We've traversed uh, territory that literally no other podcast is going from Zion Williamson to power bottoming. Uh, so we have done it here on the Book and Kush here in our, very, our, our swan song to the Bud Light Live studio. Uh, thank you all so very much for listening. As always, please rate, review, subscribe, tweet us, text us. Everything you can do, just tell people that you like the show. Uh, we would appreciate that very much, even though you probably all turned it off somewhere around, you know, <laughs> bottom. <laughs> uh, we appreciate you listening. Thank you so very much. We will be back next week with another episode. Okay. See ya. Catch these hands, you about to get shot. The truth is Search a play to your own ass.